following is a sermon that was preached at Good News Lutheran Church in Mount Horeb, Wisconsin. It was preached on Sunday, January 24th, 2020, on the basis of Deuteronomy 18, verses 15 through 20. For more information or to view our entire sermon library, visit goodnewslc.org. Thank you for listening. I feel I should warn you. There is a a product on the market right now that is becoming more and more popular, but it's a product that can affect your ability to concentrate. It can cause you to feel lonely. It can erode your social skills. It can damage your sensory nerves. In fact, it can affect and, and reduce your ability to just cope with life in general. And in fact, it's a product that you may already own, and it's a product that you may already frequently use. I'm talking about headphones. Headphones are everywhere these days, aren't they? And it's really understandable why, because headphones deliver to us two things that are very important and very desirable for us to have. Namely, they deliver privacy and they deliver control. You can walk out into the most public and most crowded of spaces and your headphones can still put around you almost this invisible force field that allows you to go out into that public space and still remain pretty much in private. Those headphones that you are wearing also allow you to completely control everything that is entering into your head through your ears. It used to be that you just had to listen to whatever radio station mom or dad happened to put on when you were driving in the car and whatever song that radio station happened to decide to play. But then the Walkman came along. And then you could listen to any cassette that you wanted to listen to. And then then the iPod came along and you could listen to any song from any of the albums that were in your possession. And then, of course, smartphones came along and music streaming services like Spotify. And now you can listen to a a custom playlist that matches any mood that you might be in and any situation that you might be going through. Or you can listen to a, a station that is perfectly tailored and algorithmically chosen to meet your exact taste in music. You want privacy, you want control, Your headphones can deliver them to you. I'm not against headphones, even though people are finding that they are are causing some of the things that I mentioned earlier. In fact, I spend a, a great deal of time contemplating sections of God's Word and preparing for sermons each Sunday with a, a set of headphones in my ear. And yet headphones sort of illustrate something that happens a lot in technology and really something that happens a lot in human life in general. Namely, that we identify a problem, we then go about figuring out a solution, only to find out that that solution perhaps caused a whole new set of problems. And so what do we do? Well, we identify those problems, and then we come up with solutions for them, and then those solutions, again, introduce a whole new set of problems. Round and round it goes. In a lot of ways, the entire story of humanity sort of sounds like a a playlist that goes just like that, a playlist that is on an infinite and endless loop. And that story includes the story of our spiritual lives as well. 
Last week we talked about how silence is really the, the natural state of affairs when it comes to our relationship with God. It's not as if the whole truth about God is just reverberating through our ears by nature. Instead, we need God to break that silence. We need our God to speak to us. But even as that is the case, we very much like to be in control of what and when and how we hear from our God. We like to pursue solutions to that silence on our own. Sometimes, as we're going to see today, those solutions might be in and of themselves evil, things that God would not want us to do. But even when they're not, what can happen with technology can happen with our spiritual lives as well, that the solutions we pursue can actually lead to a whole new set of problems. Thankfully, as we see in these verses today, God intervenes. God steps in. God wants to take back control of when and how and what we hear from him. When he speaks to us, it's not like a song that comes on the radio when we can just turn the station if we don't like it. It's not like a song on a CD where we can skip to the next track if this one is boring. It's not like uh, a music streaming service where we can find a new playlist or station that better suits our taste. No, when God speaks to us, he also says, you must listen to this. And in so doing, he, he makes waves in our lives. He disrupts an otherwise endless cycle of spiritual distraction and spiritual deception. As we look at these verses from Deuteronomy 18 this morning, we're going to see that God stops the endless loop of solutions that end up causing new problems. Now, I'm guessing that this group of, of people that Moses was getting ready to lead into the promised land, that as they were walking there through the desert into the promised land, they were not wearing headphones in their ears. And yet, the people in Moses' day, just like the people in every age, wanted to be in control of the messages that they heard from God. If they were going to plant a field, for example, they wanted to know whether the weather that year was going to be conducive to having a good harvest. If they were thinking about going off to war against the neighboring nation, they wanted to know whether they were going to win or whether they were going to lose. So how do you get those answers out of your God? whoever he might be? How do you get your God to say those things? Well, Moses had just finished warning the people that in the land they were about to take possession of, the people who lived in that land practiced witchcraft and sorcery. They tried to interpret omens and consulted the dead through the use of mediums. Those were the ways that they tried to get their gods to say the things that they wanted those gods to say. But from the very moment that God had chosen this people to be his people, he made it very clear that things were going to be different. He was going to be in control of the lines of communication. He was going to say not just what they thought they wanted to hear, but what he knew they needed to hear. In fact, he, he sort of first spoke to his people at Mount Sinai, also known as Mount Horeb. And when he did... There was thunder and there was lightning. There was fire and there was smoke. And so, yes, the people were hearing from their God, but as they did, they were deathly afraid. That was a problem. So they actually proposed a solution. And believe it or not, it was a solution that God actually agreed was good. 
God was going to establish the office of prophet. God was going to raise up from among them one of their own brothers to speak on God's behalf. Not a a big scary deity up in the sky, but an average Joe, just like them. God was going to put his words in that prophet's mouth so that when they listened to that message from God, they could listen without being afraid. At first, that prophet was Moses. But as Moses is getting ready to lead the people into the promised land, Moses knows that he is not going to go with them. And so in these verses, he echoes God's promise. God's promise to continue to raise up prophets, to continue this office so that the people could continue to hear from God, not just the things that they thought they wanted to hear, but the things that God knew they needed to hear. And so through this office of prophet, God stopped these people from deceiving themselves, from hearing from God only the things that they thought they needed. God kept the promise that he made to his people through Moses. Last week you heard how that office of prophet eventually included a man by the name of Samuel. It included prophets like Isaiah and Jeremiah, prophets like Jonah and Micah. And of course, ultimately, this promise that God made through Moses was fulfilled in our Savior Jesus. From among their own people, from among the people of Israel, God raised up Jesus to be the ultimate prophet, to be the last and greatest prophet, to be the full and final revelation from God. Every word that he spoke was a word that came directly from the mouth of God. And so because God kept this promise, we have everything that God wants us to hear. In the words of the prophets, in the words of Jesus himself, and in the words of the apostles who witnessed the words and works of Jesus. In other words, in this book, we have everything that our God wants us to hear. And friends, that solution is still an important solution for us to an otherwise unsolvable problem. You see, it's very natural for us, just like the people living in those days, to want to hear from our God. It's also very natural for us to want to be in control of what we hear from our God. Almost as if we put on our own personal set of spiritual headphones so that we make sure that what we are hearing from God is what we want or think we need to hear. Now, it might be easy for us as Christians who are sitting here today. It might even be easy for us as as people who just consider ourselves sophisticated and, and educated and we know how the world works to look at some of the practices of the nations that in the land that people were going to inhabit and to think not just that those things were evil, but that they were downright silly. Witchcraft, sorcery, omens and mediums. I mean, nobody really believes those things work anymore, do they? Well, believe it or not, the psychic services industry, an industry that includes things like astrology and palm reading and mediums and tarot cards, the psychic services industry is actually on the rise in our country. In fact, right now it employs 100,000 people and brings in over $2 billion in revenue each year. And believe it or not, it's getting even more popular, and especially among young people. Now again, we might tell ourselves, well, we're not into those things, nor should we be. 
we know that God speaks to us through the Bible. It is still very easy for us to want to be in control of when and how and what we hear from God. To put on our spiritual headphones so that we can hear exactly our own unique personal spiritual message. The one that we want. The answers that we think we need. And so you end up seeing what you see. You walk into a a Christian bookstore and you see that the shelves are lined not just with Bibles or devotional resources, but study Bibles for men and devotional resources for women. And the perfect book for a parent of three children, two boys and a girl. And the perfect devotional resource for a teenage boy, ages 15 through 17, under six feet tall, whose favorite color is blue. It's not that bad, of course. Nor is it bad for us to want to hear what God's Word says and how God's Word specifically and personally applies to us. And yet, just like in the case of headphones, those solutions that we pursue can inadvertently cause a whole new set of problems. They can cause us to believe that we are capable of being in control of what we need to hear from our God. That really it's our responsibility to identify whatever behavior needs correction, whatever feeling we're experiencing that needs consolation, whatever major life decision we think needs direction. And so then we just open up the good book and hope our God has an answer for us. Very easily we can fall into the temptation of hearing from God just what we think we need to hear and in the process we can end up just as deceived as if we were reading our horoscope or talking to a psychic. And so thankfully, God kept his promise. God raised up prophets, including the ultimate prophet Jesus, to tell us not just what we think we need to hear, but what he knows he needs us to hear. A message that is not just for men, not just for women, not just for parents, not just for teenagers, but a message that all people need. And a message that all people need, not just at this or that time in our life or when we're going through this or that situation, but a message we need at all times. In this book, he tells us who he is. He tells us how he has designed us and how he expects us to live. He tells us just how far short of those expectations we have fallen and the consequences that we therefore deserve. In this book, he shows us Jesus our Savior from all of those consequences. He shows us the forgiveness we have that is the solution for all guilt. He shows us the joy that is ours that is the solution for all sadness. He shows us the hope that we have that is the solution for all despair. In this book, he has told us everything that he wants us to hear. And so through this office of prophet, he has stopped us from deceiving ourselves. And that sounds pretty good, I think you'd agree. But it doesn't take a whole lot of time to imagine that that solution that God has provided might actually lead and create some additional problems. I mean, yes, we don't have to listen to a big scary deity up in the sky. We listen to to an average Joe Just like one of us, we we open up a book and we read God's word. Much easier to listen to. Also much easier to ignore. In fact, wouldn't you know it, people at times ignored Moses. They criticized 
Moses. They complained against Moses. And if you think that's bad, they did the same with Jesus. They ignored Jesus. They dismissed Jesus as either delusional or demon-possessed. They took that mouth of Jesus that spoke to them the very words of God and they slapped it and they spit at it. They took that voice of Jesus that delivered to them the absolute and unbridled truth about God and they tried to silence it once and for all by nailing him to the cross. And if you think that sounds bad, in no less a way do we ignore and dismiss the message that God has sent to us in his word. We yawn at his words in favor of things that we think are more interesting or entertaining. We dismiss or neglect his words. We keep them on the shelf. We let them collect dust in favor of things that we convince ourselves are more important. I think you'd agree that's a problem. Thankfully, God has a solution. That solution is an urgent warning. God said to his people, I myself will call to account anyone who does not listen to my words that the prophet speaks in my name. So that's the solution to that problem. But believe it or not, there's actually another problem caused by that solution. So God says, I'm going to speak to you through my prophet. God says, you need to listen to my prophet no matter what. But what if that prophet doesn't do his job? What if that prophet decides he's going to say something that he hasn't been told to say by God? I think you'd agree that too is a problem. But thankfully, once again, God provides a solution. Another urgent warning. God says that any prophet who would speak something that God had not given them to say must be put to death. And in fact, God sort of anticipates the next problem. The problem where we ask, well, how do we know if the prophet has said something that he got from God or something that he's just making up on his own? God says, here's the test. If the prophet says that something is going to happen and it does not happen, you know that prophet is not speaking for God. That test was an important solution, not just for prophets like Moses or Jeremiah or Isaiah or Jonah. Believe it or not, that test was an important that, that test was an important solution, even for the ultimate prophet, Jesus. In fact, in just a couple of weeks, right before we begin the season of Lent, we're going to hear God say, in connection with Jesus, exactly what we hear Moses say in these words. On top of that mountain where Jesus was transfigured, we're going to hear God say from heaven about Jesus, you must listen to him. Listen to him in general with every single thing that he says. Yes, that's true. But listen to him in particular with what he's talking about on top of that mountain. What he had been talking about with his disciples in the days prior and what he would be talking about in the days and weeks ahead. Namely, when he said that he would be arrested, that he would suffer, that he would be crucified and die on a cross and yes, that three days later, he would rise from the dead. That is the ultimate test for the ultimate prophet. If Jesus pulled that off, then every word that came from his mouth is proven to be trustworthy. If he didn't, then we could rightly dismiss Jesus as demon-possessed or delusional. Jesus' death and resurrection, for all the reasons that they are important to us and they are many, included in that list, 
is that his death and resurrection are the ultimate test that prove he is the ultimate prophet. And friends, again, that is a, a solution that solves for us an otherwise unsolvable problem. Yes, the natural state of affairs in terms of our relationship with God is silence. That does not mean, however, that our world is not filled with all kinds of noise about God. In all the same places where you are inundated with information about politics and pandemics and the Green Bay Packers, you are also inundated with information about God. So how do you know what to believe? How do you prevent yourself from being deceived? God has given us the ultimate test. And Jesus has passed that test. Jesus' death and resurrection prove that he is who he claimed to be and that every word of his can be trusted. In Jesus, God didn't just raise up another prophet. In Jesus, God raised up his last and greatest prophet and proved that every word that we find in this book that points ahead to him, that he himself spoke, or that testifies to who he is and what he did, every single word can be trusted. And so in the ultimate prophet, God stops us from being deceived by others. And so it's no wonder that he said what he said. That when God speaks to us, it's almost like he, he takes those spiritual headphones out of our ears. He wants to take back privacy. He wants to take back control. He doesn't speak to us and start out by saying, well, what do you want to hear today? What are you in the mood for? What are your personal spiritual tastes? No, instead, when he speaks to us through his prophets, he says, you must listen to this. And friends, it's not because he's bossy. It's not because he's a control freak. It's because through his prophets, including Jesus, he has made known to us, he has told us who he is, what he has done for us, and everything that is ours because he has. And friends, those are the sounds that God wants resonating through our ears on a loop that never ends. Amen.